Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. And today we're finishing our series uh, on Fill This House. This is our third week and final week, and I'm very excited to bring this to you. I didn't, I wanted to end it today because my dad, Dr. Holler, will be here next Sunday with us, who is the apostolic oversight of this church, he and my mom. And uh, they oversee something like 25 churches at this point in their ministry. I didn't realize that until yesterday. I, I was, drove my dad down to Austin to meet a, another pastor, and, and uh, the pastor was asking him about you know, what he did. And he said, now we're over 25 churches. I thought, my gosh, that's amazing. And we're one of those. And uh, actually, we're three of those. <laughs> three of those 25. So um, just really blessed to... to not only have my dad as my dad, but also as my pastor, so that you know that I have someone that I'm accountable to, and when he's your dad, you're extra accountable to him. Believe me, he keeps me in line, because if, if, you know, if I don't call him, my wife does, so, um, and orange, you glad she's here today. First Chronicles chapter 22. Let's go over there and start today. This has been our foundational scripture for this series. This is King David. He has um, had it in his heart to build a house for God. And the Lord was pleased by that. But he said, David, you can't build the house. You have too much blood on your hands. David was not only a worshiper, but he was a man of war, a mighty man of war. And so God wanted his house to be built by hands that had not shed blood. And so he told him, your son Solomon will. And so David began to make preparations for the building of the house. And this is what he says about the house of God. I want you to catch the spirit of this today. Now David said, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord must be, everybody say must be. It must be exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all countries. Wow. What what is in this, the heart of this king for the house of God? It's, it's an extraordinary thing, isn't it? And he said, this is the standard. This is what the house of the Lord must be in the earth. Exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all countries. And then look what he says. I will now make preparation for it. So we have a goal. We have an end in mind. Jesus said, I will build my church. And when he comes back, he's returning for a glorious church. Hey, let me just remind you of my family, as I heard one preacher say this years ago, we're not going home with a moan, we're going out with a shout. Amen. The church is getting stronger and more glorious in the earth, and we have our part to play in it right now. That's why you're here in the earth right now, to take up this mantle like King David had, to right now make preparations for what must be exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all countries. All right? It's our time. Right now, to make it happen. Amen. Aren't you glad to be alive today? So David made abundant preparations before his death. And we talked about that, that that it must be magnificent, famous, and glorious. And then last week, we talked about what happens when God's people gather, just in the gathering in one accord. One accord meaning one mind, one passion, one purpose, one language. And so as we come together, that means we, we come into agreement when it comes to the house of God 
and the kingdom of God and the move of God in the earth. And we gather around a vision. We gather around a, uh, uh, the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we're called One Cause Church. I just wanted to really bring, us, bring it all together, just even in our name, that we're here really for one purpose, for one cause, and that is yeah. His cause in the earth, to bring His message that He died for our sins yeah. according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the yeah. Scriptures. And that's the news that we bring to this world. That's the message that we continue to herald and proclaim and declare throughout all the earth. Amen. Because it's that message, it's that gospel, that's the only gospel that saves. All right? Not our gospel, not our efforts, not our works, not our righteousness, but Christ died, Christ was buried, Christ rose again. Amen. And all the focus is on him, all that he did for us to bring us into a wonderful, glorious relationship with God. Not just forgiven of our sins, but brought into a family that God Great, holy, awesome, mighty creator God would now become our father and we would become his sons. Amen. It's a beautiful thing. So this, what happened when they came together in one accord, that word has a musical connotation to it in the Greek. Notes flowing together in pitch and tone, harmonies and melodies flowing together as one piece of music just like you heard today, except for the drummer. <laughs> just, I told him today, I said, some of these songs we're doing, I feel like I'm going down a, a hill on skis and I don't have my poles. Just, ah! I hope it works out. <laughs> when they were gathered in one place, the first place we see that in Acts chapter 2, after Jesus was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven, and he told the people to gather together, and it says, and they were all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we see when they were all gathered in one accord that there was a manifestation of the Spirit of God, and it filled the house and it filled the people. And then as they continued together in one accord, the scripture says, as they gathered and they ate together, they broke bread together, that God added to the church daily. So there was multiplication in that gathering of the people. And then there were also miracles that happened. Signs and wonders and miracles were a frequent thing because the people were continually gathered together. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Never underestimate what's happening right here, the fact that you're here gathered with other believers because in the spirit, in the spiritual realm, you are all seen as individual members of one body. And when all members are connected, there is flow of health and life and strength and energy and help, assistance, giving and receiving going on in this gathering right here. Amen. So I want to just encourage you to continue that way and continue to encourage others. So let's, let's, let's continue to in this series, Second uh, Chronicles chapter 5. Let's look at there for just a few minutes. We're here to lift up the name of Jesus. We're here to be a light to our community. And we're here to lead people to God. Yeah. Amen. Simple enough, isn't it? Yeah. 2 Chronicles 5.13 says, Indeed it came to pass. Now this is after Solomon has built the house of God. Now they've, got, they've made all the preparations for it. Everything's done. And now they're going to dedicate it to the Lord. So they've gathered all their musicians and singers and 
everyone together. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one, notice it says as one, to make how many sounds? One sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, look at this, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. That's a pretty easy song to memorize, isn't it? For he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. Wow. So that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Wow. So what they did, they offered up praise, and God filled the house with his glory. They filled it with praise. They filled their mouths they, with his praise, and they expressed it on the instruments. Amen. And when that happened, because the Scripture says that God inhabits or he dwells in the praises of his people. It's a marvelous thing when you open your mouth. That's why the Scripture admonishes us even today to continually, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. Now, back then, bringing a sacrifice for the Lord was a bit more difficult than what is required of us today. We're just to open up our mouths, offer up the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. Can we just do that for a moment? Just right now, just lift up your voice and just thank him right now. Just, just offer him up a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you died for my sins. Thank you that you saved me, washed me in your blood. Thank you, Lord, that for my beautiful wife and my children. Thank you, God, that all of our needs are met and you continue to provide for us. Thank you, Lord, for this great church and these great people, that you're increasing us, Lord, and you're bringing us, you're bringing us uh, 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 more of the manifestation of the Spirit. You're bringing us more experiences, God, with your power and your glory, Lord, in our lives, in this place, and ultimately in the earth. You see how wonderful that is, how easy that is to offer up that sacrifice? Now, when they were offering up sacrifices, animals were dying then. I mean, they had to continually shed blood for the sins of the people. And, and so the priest's job never ended. He was, st- he was standing daily in the temple, continuing these sacrifices, these sacrifices just to appease the wrath of God. The blood would just cover the sins of the people. It was all waiting for the day when the Lamb of God would come and take away the sins of the world. But until then, there was a lot of bloodshed, a lot of sacrifices. But notice what happened here in this moment. That when the glory of the Lord came into the place, the priest couldn't even do that. Now, that was a very necessary thing during that time. It was the system God set up, right, as a type and shadow for them to look forward to the coming Redeemer. But here they couldn't even do it. Why? Because the glory of the Lord was there. And when the, wherever the glory of the Lord is, my family, there is rest for us. They wouldn't have to strive in their own religious gyrations and going through all these processes and steps to please God. No, no, God was showing them, let me show you the ultimate experience with me. This is what's in the heart of God, that I would be among my people and my people would rest. And when his glory filled, the work stopped, the striving stopped. Wow. See, what he has brought to us today, and that day, on that day, if you read earlier in that chapter, it says there were 120 priests there. And when they blew their trumpets, whew, the glory filled. On the day of Pentecost that we just talked about, when it was fully come, how many were gathered there? There were 120 people gathered there. And when that happened, boom, the glory of the Lord filled the place, the Spirit of God. 
build the house. This was just a little snapshot of what would ultimately come. And today, the Spirit has come into the earth to bring, as Peter said, times of refreshing for his people. And there is a rest now for the people of God to enter into that is beyond striving, beyond self-righteousness, beyond religious efforts. It's just trusting in Jesus Christ, receiving his grace into our life and enjoying this moment where we gather together and experience his glory when we offer up our praise together in the house of God. And God has given us so many ways. The scripture has given us so many ways to express our praise in singing, shouting, dancing. It's kind of making a racket, isn't it? I think God likes that. Quite, I'm quite sure he does. Bowing, making a joyful noise, that helps everybody be able to sing, you know? Some that can't sing, God says, well, I'll take a joyful noise then. That way you don't feel left out. <laughs> Playing instruments, clapping our hands, lifting our hands, all kinds of ways to express it. And I want to just let you know that here at One Cause Church, you're free to express yourself in all those ways to worship your God. All right, this is a place where you're free. I want you to feel totally free to worship God and express it however you see fit. Amen. Just keep your clothes on. Other than that, let all that is within me bless his holy name. And we have examples from the scriptures that also teach us what happens when God's people praise. What happens when God's people praise his name. God told Joshua, if you want to take the, the wall, all I need you to do is gather around it and shout. And that's what they did. Yeah. They just shouted, and the wall fell flat. And right. it says they took the city. It took them three days to gather the spoil. No, no, not there. Sorry, I'm lying. That happened with Jehoshaphat's victory in 2 Chronicles 20. 2 Chronicles 20, the same thing. They're ready for war. There are three nations up against Israel at this point. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and, the, and Mount Seir. And they've gathered uh, together to take Israel out. So God says, here's what we're going to do. Here's the battle plan. Put your choir out front. And, and you start singing. You know what song they sang? The song that we just looked at that they sang in the temple. Praise the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Simple. That's it. Can you imagine how powerful they must have felt going, okay, we're going to sing this little song, and somehow we're going to win the war. Lord, you understand that the people with the swords are behind us, the choir members. <laughs> Something's wrong with this picture. And God said, no, I want the singers up front. And just start singing this song, praise the Lord for his mercy, and for he is good for his mercy and do his for They start singing, and the scripture says that the Ammonites and the who did I say Moabites turned on the ones from Mount Seir, killed every last one of them, and when they had done away with them, then they turned on each other turned on each other, and they fought and fought and fought. And the scripture says not one escaped. They all just killed themselves as Israel's out there singing, praise the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Then when Israel came over the ridge and they saw that all their enemies were laid there dead, nobody had swung a sword. All they did was sing a song. They're all dead by the multiplied thousands. It says they just... Walked around amongst them and started picking their pockets, <laughs> grabbing their money, and it took them three days to gather the spoil. Wow. 
there was victory. There was breakthrough with Joshua. There was victory. Well, what are they doing? They're just praising the Lord. They're praising the Lord. David said that, God, you have perfected praise or you have ordained strength by the praise from the mouths of babes and nursing infants. And you've done it because of your enemy to silence the enemy and the avenger. Think about it. A baby's coup, which is a praise to God, can silence the enemy. What about those who know what they're doing when they're praising the Lord? Wow, it's a powerful thing. And then Paul and Silas, they're thrown in prison in the deep, deep, dark, dank dungeon of a prison. They've been beat. And here they are. Their feet and wrists are in the stocks. And they're chained up and it's midnight. And the scripture says, and they started praying and singing hymns. These two men and all the other prisoners were listening to them thinking, what are these two idiots doing? They're just praising the Lord. I'll fly away. I don't know if that hymn was written back then, but oh, glory, I'll fly away. And as they're singing, all of a sudden, God got in on the song with them and started tapping his foot because the earth is his footstool. And when he got tapping his foot, the earth started shaking. And when God brought this earthquake, nobody died. Prison doors were opened and the chains fell off the prisoners. You don't know when God sends the earthquake because people live and get set free. (laughs) That's what happened. They got freed from prison. So there's deliverance. Oh, that people would just simply praise him. And this is why we come here to praise him again and again. You know, praise really helps, helps us to refocus, doesn't it? When we start singing about his greatness and his goodness and his kindness toward us and his love for us, it helps us wash away what happened last week, you know, and just remember again, oh, our God is great. He's in our midst. He's on our side. I can do this with him. Amen. Praise God. Let's continue. Are you all right out there? All right. I'm, I'm winding down. First Chronicles chapter 29. Uh, this is after David has now uh, done what he can do. He's, he's going to express to us really how our attitude should be Toward the house of God, he says, First oh, Chronicles 29, verse 3. And moreover, because I have set my affection or my love on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God. You see that? I set my love there, so I give there. Over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. I think it's cool the way he says that, my own special treasure. The things that were dearest to me is what he's saying. I bring them and give them to the house of God. Amen. Provision for the house of the Lord is found in your gifts, your service, your time, your prayers, and your participation. But when you bring it, bring your best. Hmm? When you come, bring your best. I was telling the earlier service, I can remember uh, when we used to have what we call special music in church. It's called special for a reason. Because most of the time, well, I always found it interesting, most of the time people are just now learning the song as they're performing it. I don't know if your experience was anything like this, but you'd see them bring their big sleeve from the cassette tape with the lyrics on it, and I'd be up there saying, I'm like, you're just now learning this? You should have done that at home, like for weeks, and then come here and sing it to us. Uh, but it was just like, you know, this is practice time. Church is practice. No, this isn't practice time. This is, this is Super Bowl, all right? I mean, we're offering up to him. 
Let me ask you something. If the president wanted you to sing for him, would you bring your sleeve with you up there? And Oh, you would know it, right? I mean, come on. We bring our best, our own special treasure. Bring our best to the house of God. But I was always grateful for people who, you know, there were those who were out there who were very compassionate for those who were struggling on the stage during special music. Maybe you've been in this service. You know, they fumble over their words or they forget and they're falling apart up here on the stage and then somebody's out there going, bless her, Jesus. Oh, help her, Lord. Why is this going on in church? Why aren't we better than this? We've got to be better than this. That's why David said, play skillfully on the instrument. Practice. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Practice that instrument. Is it too much to ask? I mean, don't you, don't you expect me to, to study before I preach? That's kind of practicing. All right. Study to show yourself approved to God. Amen. I, I know that you're grateful that I study. Believe me. Well, we got to bring our best in service, in our gifts, our talents. When we bring our best to the house of God, my family, the provision is always there. We will lack for nothing. We won't be going, well, we, sh we need somebody in the nursery today. No, when people are here bringing, giving their all, giving their best, we don't ever have to do that. Amen. It will always be there. Are you, are you with me? Everybody doing their part. Everybody doing their share. Out in Bruno, Nebraska. Anybody here ever been to Bruno, Nebraska? Or don't want to admit it, maybe, but <laughs> there's, there's a good reason why you never heard of it. I mean, it does exist, but it's just a, it's just a small community 60 miles west of Omaha. Doesn't even ring a bell with you, does it? Did you know there's a big elm, Texas? You know there's a little elm, but there's a big elm, too. I just found that out. What does that have to do with anything I'm saying right now? <laughs> Nothing. For your information. Now you can go tell people that you know something. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so in 1981, this man by the name of Herman Austria and his wife, they bought, bought this farm out in um, Bruno. And on this farm they it came with a big barn and a and a creek well the big barn sat in close proximity to that creek and it was kind of lower ground and so the floor in this barn was always wet just very inconvenient well by 1988 that this creek had flooded and it put about 29 inches of water in that barn and the farmer this was just the last straw he'd had enough this barn was useless to him so he thought, I need to get this thing moved. So he got a surveyor out there to assess what it would cost to move this thing. And the bid was just way more than he could, he could afford. So as he's sitting around the dinner table with his family, he says, you know, if we just got enough people out here, we could get people to pick this thing up and move it. And they all kind of laughed about it. But his son got to thinking about his dad's proposal. The next day, he called his dad in to this room and he sits down and he shows him these calculations. He said, Dad, I started putting things together. And he says, you know, I started thinking about what each of those board and those timber weighs. And, and he says, this is what I'm guessing the barn weighs, somewhere around 16,600 pounds. Plus, then we've got to add some iron supports to it. 
uh, some so that so that if we're going to have people pick it up, they can gr grab a hold of that iron, and that's going to add another 3,100 pounds or so to it. So we're looking at just under 10 tons, which is going to mean we're going to need about 350 people to gather around this barn to carry about 50 some odd pounds apiece. And the dad thought, well, I think we can do that. So they took this before the city council. His dad took it for their you know, little small town, and they, were, they happened to have this annual celebration there, and they liked the idea so much, they said, we're going to make this part of our festival. And so they, <laughs> uh, uh, at 11 o'clock on July 30th, that morning, around that time, they had 344 people at this barn with 4,000 onlookers from 11, 11 different states. I mean, news got out. <laughs> to see what was happening. So we have a little bit of video here. You have to excuse the crudity of this. They didn't adjust their tracking so the picture would be clear. Some of you understand what I mean by adjusting the tracking. This is before high definition. But here's just a little spot here of 344 people gathered around that barn picking it up and moving it. Isn't that something? They moved it 115 feet. And brought it up a gradual slope about six feet up and sat it on a new foundation. And his troubles with the water were over. <laughs> wow. You see what can happen when God's people have one mind? When everybody lifts their part, everybody gives their part, everybody gives their share. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Let me just help you understand today that you might feel like all you can do is a little bit, but your little bit with everybody else's little bit yeah. equals the total sum. Yeah. So be encouraged by that Amen. today. Amen. This gathering is a powerful gathering. You are stronger. You can reach farther. You can last longer when you're connected to the body. Amen. Amen. Let me go to one last place. Can you take a little bit more? Luke chapter 14. This is what I just want to charge you with today. Luke chapter 14 and verse 16. Jesus is giving a parable and he said to them, then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Let me ask you a question. This, anything that these people are doing, is any of that sinful? No, it's not sinful. They're just living life, right? But they've made a priority out of what they're doing over this gathering to the supper. And that's all he's trying to make us see the Help us see the distinction why this gathering together for the supper is important, even more important than um, some of these other things, these excuses. All right. You're supposed to say amen there, not get quiet. I'm not talking to you. You're here. All right. Verse 21. So that the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. That is, go get those who cannot... Get here by themselves. Go help them who cannot help themselves and get them here. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Say that part, still there is room. All right, look around you. Still there is room. Okay? Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, that is the country roads and along the borders, all right? And compel them to come in. Why? 
that my house may be filled. All right, every week, every week, every Sunday, every Wednesday, we have a meal prepared here. All right, for as many, and our invitation is to all to come and partake of this meal. All right, some people have made Sunday a day of this and that and, and whatever, but I want to just remind you today that you, we have a greater thing to realize than just our staying busy with our lives, all right? That we're connected to something wonderful. We're all members of the body of Christ. We're not our own. We are bought with a price. In other words, we, are not, we don't have the, the same luxury to live life for ourselves as those who are outside, all right? We are part of something great in the earth, and we are here on assignment from God at this time for the earth. Amen. So I want just you to invite others to come, all right? Those not just those around you, but even those who are helpless that cannot help themselves. We want any, even people from Anna, Texas. We'll take them. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa, Princeton, even Princeton. Louisville. Uh, where else? Come on, shout where you're from. Where? Levon? All right, from Levon. Where else? Oh. Should we let Alan people in here? Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, Miss Patty says, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, anybody. That what, what he's saying is that by, by this parable, he's saying nobody's outside of the scope of invitation. All right? So remember that. Keep that before you. Keep that before you. And let's fill this house. Amen. Let's fill it up. That the house of God may be filled. Because the aim is that it's exceedingly magnificent and that it is famous and that it is glorious throughout all countries. Keep that in your thinking. Keep that in your heart, in your believing, and in, in your speaking in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for what you've shown us here, Lord, in this series. Lord, help, help us, Lord, to, to remember these things and to keep them in the midst of our heart, God, and to, in, in, in our day and in our experiences, in our interactions with others, God. Lord, that this house would be the place that we set our affection on, this gathering, God. So that what we do is in line with its purpose here in the earth, in our own community, Lord. Here in McKinney and Irving, Granbury, wherever you have us, Lord. Thank you, Father, even in our podcast audience and live stream. Lord, just thank you for blessing these avenues where we're able to minister to so many wonderful people. Lord, that the church will continue to grow stronger and stronger. And the kingdom of God will be increased that we, Lord, we're determined to do our part, to give of our own special treasure here, to set our affection here, to offer up the, our praise to you, to see that this place is filled with people, God, and provision enough to do what needs to be done in the earth. In Jesus' mighty name, praise the Lord. Thank you, Father God, for meeting needs here today, too. Those who came in here, Lord, and need healing, we thank you for just the flow of your healing into their bodies now, removing infirmity and sickness and disease and pains. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for the release of your anointing to do that now. Those that are here who are lacking in their lives, Lord, I thank you that you provide for them. You supply their need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for breakthrough, for victory, for deliverance, for those who will just get your praise in their lips sing to their God and magnify the Lord 
Lord, what that does, it silences the enemy. And Lord, I thank you that you are there dwelling in the praises of your people. Bless your people now in the mighty name of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.